section eighteen of the bookman march nineteen twenty one by various this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org Rated by matt Berard. the bookman march nineteen twenty one by various section eighteen walt whitman drama critic by alexander wolcott probably most of us never knew or having known forgot that walt whitman was once cabined and confined as the entirely respectable editor of the brooklyn eagle although it is easy to believe that the successive generations of bright young men who have alone tarried a while in the office of that journal have liked to keep the fact in mind as some sort of assurance that they too might be serving a mere apprenticeship in letters and would doubtless go forth each and every one to write a leaves of grass wherewith to jounce the universe it had you see been done two of his successors cleveland rogers and john black the latter a young poet and the former one of the ablest soundest and most persuasive of present-day american newspaper men have been making the dust fly where once the fur flew have that is been busily digging into the files of the eagle from march eighteen forty six to january eighteen forty eight the span of nearly two years during which whitman held and enjoyed what he later described as one of the pleasantest sits of his life the resultant mass of political broadsides essays and criticisms either literary domestic or musical they have now collected in two volumes which derive their title from the good gray poet's own phrase about the big strong days our young days days of preparation the gathering of the forces it is difficult to stifle a regret that they did not less pretentiously entitle their findings the forgotten works of walter whitman among their many hypothetical explanations of why all this available material had been neglected by whitman's publishers and biographers they do not suggest either of two that must occur immediately to any reader of their collection that the stuff was hardly worth the labor involved in its exhumation or more positively that its republication would be a distinct disservice to the reputation of a great name such republications are almost invariably of this effect as you may verify by reading the dreary stuff by kipling and barry which to their own intense annoyance a later fame dragged forth from decent interment in old newspaper files yet if the gathering of the forces adds not a cubit to whitman's stature it does provide mildly interesting new material for his future biographers and while you may be quite unconscious of any hope that there will be another whitman biography you must at least expect one and indeed after the amazing tour de force achieved by mr strachey and his eminent victorians and meditated by him in his threatened life of the prince consort there can be no saying when and of whom a brilliant biography will not dislodge all others from the shelf of course these assembled press clippings not only light up for a time in the face of one whom a surviving printer's devil 
still recalls as a nice kind man but constitute an even more valuable source-book for such alluring adventures in reconstruction as the age of innocence say or richard carvel indeed they provide in convenient and comparatively portable form a little of that endless pleasure many of us find in access to the yellowing files of magazines and newspapers it takes a genius to create anything more entertaining than a volume of the new york evening post of any day save our own to mull idly over the editorials and news items and advertisements of the new york that exhausted dickens of the new york that embittered rachel and of the new york that elected lincoln is to indulge in a diverting and ever eliminating pastime something of that entertainment is provided in the gathering of the forces and makes handsome amends for the discovery that in the midst of writing much that was wholesome and brave and characteristic and prophetic walter whitman was the kind of journalist who gave way at times to such internecine strife as etansville knew that he bore an occasional disturbing resemblance to the jefferson brick who welcomed martin chuzzlewit and that he was the kind of paragrapher who would burst forth without warning in the wise quote, carelessly knocking a man's eye out with a broken axe may be termed a bad axe-a-dent such archaeological research always rewards you with a dual sense of mankind as both changeless and changing so that in the midst of paragraphs musty with their illusion of a bygone day you come stumbling on evidences that whitman wrote but yesterday such evidences for instance as his pronunciamento that mexico must be chastised his suggestion that servants are not hard to keep if you but treat them with dignity his discovery that the drama is in a state of decline and his disposition to blame its decay on the star system for whitman was a dramatic critic taking up such work at about the time poe dropped it and though it is tempting to let you savor his anti-slavery propaganda and his emotions on a trip to coney island in the stage-coach days you will get an even better sense of him if you sample his reviews and find even happier indices of how times have changed and of how they haven't for instance if you would change the fraction from five-sixths to one-third the following indictment would be no great exaggeration of dramatic criticism as it is written in new york to-day of the method in which five-sixths of the theatrical criticism of the new york press comes into existence may be mentioned the long cut-and-dried puff and yesterday's new york herald of the keens acting in a play which accidentally didn't come off this is not the first nor the second nor the third awkward blunder of the kind which has occurred of late most of the criticisms in the metropolitan press are written before the plays are played and paid for by the theatre or other parties of those which are not so paid for the majority are the fruits of solicitation favoritism and so on in the midst of all that stale and unwholesome utterance 
the speaking of a single paragraph of unbiased truth falls like an alarming and terrible thing it would be a curious result and a profitable one to take a while to the theatre some man highly educated and knowing the world and other things but totally fresh to the stage and let him give his real opinions of the queer sort of doings he would see there unquote. and this written as it was a year after the production of mrs mowat's fashion at the park is significant and interesting quote, the drama of this country can be the mouthpiece of freedom refinement liberal philanthropy beautiful love for all our brethren polished manners and elevated good taste it could wield potent away to destroy any attempt at despotism it can attack and hold up to scorn bigotry fashionable affectation avarice and all unmanly follies youth may be warned by its fictitious portraits of the evil of unbridled passions in order to reap such by no means difficult results the whole method of theatricals as at present pursued in new york needs first to be overthrown new york city is the only spot in america where such a revolution could be attempted too with all our servility to foreign fashions there is at the heart of the intelligent masses there a lurking propensity toward what is original and has a stamped american character of its own in new york also are gathered a number of men literary persons and others who have a strong desire to favor anything which shall extricate us from the entangled and by no means creditable position we already hold of playing second fiddle to europe these persons most of them young men enthusiastic democratic and liberal in their feelings are daily acquiring a greater and greater power and after all anything appealing to the honest heart of the people as to the peculiar and favored children of freedom as to a new race and with a character separate from the kingdoms of other countries would meet with a ready response and strike at once the sympathies of all the true men who love america their native or chosen land Unquote. the above sentiments guided somewhat this critic of the forties in his passionate devotion to our own charlotte cushman whom he usually referred to simply as c c and whom he defiantly described as the greatest performer in any hemisphere they doubtless discolored too his vision of the keens and particularly of mrs keen she who had been ellen tree when these gracious visitors to the new world were too much lauded by whitman's fellow first-nighters listen to his fierce review of mrs keen of the lady truth will not allow much more favorable mention she was a young woman of genius she is merely the frame and views of that time with none of its pliant grace its smoothness its voluptuous swell merely x tree and not extra gallantry and common politeness require the avoidance of criticizing her merits as plainly as her husband's manliness and ordinary decency however demand even more imperatively the avoidance of that fulsome 
soldering of praise which a portion of the papers voluntarily demean themselves to publish unquote. for all we know of the theatre whitman denounced it must really have been pretty bad particularly in the dire poverty of its literature but his vehement announcements of its decline fall on ears a little deafened from the same song sung in england at a time when fielding was managing one theatre sheridan writing for another and kemble garrick and mrs siddons lending dignity to the entertainments of the hour in the eighties they were looking back wistfully to the very era that so dissatisfied whitman and now those same regrettable eighties are being held up to us in shining contrast to the melancholy condition of our own stage during the early days of the war by adding together the french advances as daily reported in the bennett newspapers it used to be facetiously calculated that the germans were making one last desperate stand near vladivostok and a temperature chart of the decline of the stage as reported in each generation since shakespeare would reveal it as now out of sound or hearing in the depths of the bottomless pit the gathering of the forces by walt whitman edited by cleveland rogers and john black two volumes g p putnam's sons End of section eighteen